Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. um, Okay, let's see if we can find Susan in the queue here. I thought that was her, but it might be her down here. Is this you, Susan? 
No, I might have to call her. Not seeing her cell phone on here. Let's see. Oh, this one. Oh. Well, that's a problem. Oh my goodness. Okay. Is this hello? Hello? Oh, sorry. Hi. Hello, <laughs> Rebecca. Oh, that was hey, her. Rebecca. Oh, you're hi, here. Rebecca. Okay, hi, good. Hi. <laughs> it's the same number we used last week. There you are. Okay. Yeah. Hooray. And uh, welcome, Rebecca. And thank you, Justine. And thank you for coming all the way back from Costa Rica. Take care of me. Three weeks now into my recuperation. Yeehaw. I'm feeling Wow, yeah. In less pain day after day. It's really wonderful. Good. Very and good I, to hear that. I, you know, I am relying so much on cannabis and CBD. And considering my level of pain is so low. The doctors are truly amazed, but I'm using uh, CBD oil, and I'm using that pretty regularly, maybe even six to eight times a day. And I'm using some cannabis tincture, some CBD tincture, and I'm using that only, you know, at need, like maybe two or three times a day. And then I have some CBD ointment. So when there's a specific place, Starting that CBD ointment into it, so I really got it covered. My body responds so poorly to the things from poppy opioids, and it responds so magnificently to the things from cannabis. So, blessed be that we have finally, you know, gotten the door ajar, and I can be a legal card-carrying cannabis user. Talk about it publicly! Wow. Oh, thank. Thankfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to live in a state where it's where it's legal, and hopefully, it'll become federally legal at at some point. Who knows what's going to happen here? Indeed, that would that would be wonderful. But given the state of the state, um, pretty alarming stuff going on. Well, should that interfere mm-hmm. your sleep in any way, our guest tonight. It's Michael Bruce, who is the sleep doctor. He's a certified sleep specialist, and he's the author of Good Night, um, the four-week program to sleep better. The sleep doctor's diet plan, how to lose weight to better sleep, and the power of when. Bring your chronotype. That will be at 9 o'clock East Coast time, so stick with us. And you'll get to hear him or circle on back, and you'll get to hear him. And as we expected, um, my story that I told last week has brought wonderful outpourings of love and support and good wishes and all. Thank you so much. I feel held in that great heartbeat, heartbeat of the earth and the heartbeat that sounds individually to each and every one of you. What's going on with you, Rebecca? Oh, um, I got my teepee set up this week. I told you last week I'm going to live in the teepee for the summer, and I um, 
And I just got some stuff in there yesterday, and we spent our first night. My kids and I spent our first night in it last night. And uh, we still have some touches to do to make it waterproof uh, this week. But that's been pretty exciting to uh, just be in the teepee and uh, finally um, feel pretty grounded in there. And uh, it just feels really good to be be in there. So I'm happy about that. And what's that? Are you up on a a platform? No, it's directly on the earth. I had it like the the ground leveled there, and then um, I'm gonna plant like a nice garden all around there. So I'm getting like the soil ready for that as well. And yeah, no platform. It's nice to be right on the earth. It is. I really like it. When I sleep mm-hmm. in the city, I like to sleep right on the earth too. I've seen many people who build a platform or a half platform mm-hmm. because they feel that the earth makes their bones ache, and I can understand that. Hmm. Yeah, I've been having these uh, really interesting sensations uh, for like the past several months with the the earth vibrating and I can like really feel like this vibration like coming through the earth and yeah, I was feeling it last night and it's just a it's just been really interesting. Have you have you noticed anything like that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Vibrating and the plants giggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it seems like it's becoming more and more frequently and like uh I don't know. I've heard some different theories on it and people have been saying that we're up for an earthquake here and so I thought that maybe that was what was going on, but um I don't know. Stuff I think is just uh shaking loose all yeah. over the place. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Different. I think I think what you're feeling is more like a uh, a vibration instead of a jolt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when those plates slip, they slip like in a, in a really jolting fashion. And what mm-hmm. I've experienced when I sleep on the earth is more like a very deep kind of vibratory hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm just uh, tapping in to what's going on. Right. With that and having gone to college. Having gone to college in Los Angeles, I know about earthquakes and what yeah, that feels I, like. Yeah, I actually was in when I was in Oaxaca at the beginning of the year. I it was like the first earthquake that I'd really um, felt on a. It was about five point nine earthquake, and I mean it was pretty quick, but it it definitely uh, shook me up. <laughs> it rattled you literally. Mm-hmm. Like some of these but guys. everybody there must be so used to it because most people were just like, you know, no, didn't phase them at all. <laughs> no glass bottles on shelves to worry about falling. Yeah, they're ready. They're ready mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that just uh, trying to keep up with things, even though it's just like so much going on. And, um, at my house here in Eugene, we we're having riots all around. And so that's been every night, uh, for the last several days, it's been really loud around and, um, lots of sirens. It's actually pretty quiet right now. Surprisingly, I think things have settled down for the time being, but it's been uh, pretty wild over here. Yes, well, of course, living way out in the country, we miss those exciting adventures. 
And that's why I do live way out in the country because I want to miss them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I hear it with my heart and I hear um, the cries of everyone um, saying we all deserve to be treated with respect. We all deserve to be treated with loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we do. Well, there's been so much, like, repressed, you know, like, anger, and you can just, it's now that people can finally express it, it's like, you know, it's like boiling over. It's just, like, so much, you know, and it's coming from all sides, and, I mean, it's really something to behold. It's, you know, like the largest, they say, they're saying it's the largest civil rights movement ever to take place. So, I mean, we're just living through this uh, very awakening time to, it's a very interesting time to be alive. It surely is. And that's a bit Mm -hmm. of a curse in China, you know. May you live in interesting times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why <laughs> it's a curse because it's like we know why <laughs> it's jolting well, us in every do. way we live in interesting times we live in times that will go down in history books Mhm. yeah Oof. and yeah. in the middle of the COVID pandemic and in the middle of riots and the largest civil rights movement to emerge here in the United States, there are still our individual problems. Right. So shall we apply ourselves to those? Shall we? Oh, yeah, here we go. (laughs) All right. These individual problems, yes. Let's bring it back to this. Okay, so the first caller is coming from the 360 area code. Hello? Hello. What's going on with you tonight? Well, Susan, first I want to thank you so much for all that you give. We were we were listening to your show uh, last week, and we were um, just filled with um, an awesome appreciation for who it is you are and how it is you do it. So um, mahalo from the bottom of my Hawaiian heart to you. I take that in with such pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. So um, what you said about um, getting down to the uh, the individual problems, um, I started to uh, experience rash and redness on my face uh, around the 1st of March. And... um, I wasn't sure what was going on. I wasn't sure. Well, I just wasn't sure. But I knew that my body was heating up, and um, I was feeling um, I was feeling everything that is around me, and it was showing up in my face. And uh, so I've um, I've tried over the the weeks to um, kind of soften my approach because I was trying. I was trying everything all at once. I was applying. I was applying um, uh, everything from um, St. Jones uh, wort tinctures internally to the oil to see if I could just calm the nerves. And um, we've been living and drinking infusions for a number of years, so 
So those things were helping us. But I knew that I was just trying too much too soon, and um, I wasn't being I wasn't being able to sort things out. Um, after last week, I have uh, I have kind of calmed myself and uh, began drinking um, hibiscus uh, root or marshmallow root tinctures, and that's really calmed me and um, brought my um, my agitation down to a much calmer level, but I still have redness on my face, and it turns from red and splotchy to kind of flaky. Um, but now it's not as it's not as hot, so I'm wondering if uh, you could help me to understand uh, whether this uh, whether this is my my body and my skin just saying I really would like to bust out of this skin because I'm not sure I really want to be here, or uh, is this something that I just need to go through, um, and um, just hear some ideas about what you might think. In China, they have five elements, not four. And their healing system is often called the five-element system. So you can imagine a star. And the energy flows along the star from point to point, just as you would draw it. But if you also draw a circle around the star, touching each point, the energy also flows in a clockwise direction from point to point in the star. Oh. And so these flows of energy become very important. And each element is connected to an, or an organ system, some of which have uh, never been identified by Western science, like the triple burner. Uh-huh. And I say that because what I have found is that I can go amok when I hear a concept from Chinese healing translated because then I just put all of my ideas that I've learned from science and from, from herbalism and so on onto that word, and I have to take a step back and say, is that what they really mean, or is that just the easiest way for us to translate it? Mm-hmm. So the liver is one of the points of the star. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the drawing of the star, the liver passes energy to the eyes and the head and the face. Mm. Mm. And when you started talking, I felt very strongly how upset your liver is. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, li- the liver, of course, is associated in Western culture with anger. Right. And my sense is that your liver is upset and very angry about what's going on. Yes. And it's going to just like fill your face. People who drink continuously 
damage their liver. And what does their face look like? Yeah, yeah. Red, huh? Yeah. Red, right? The blood Red. vessels break. The blood vessels actually break in the face so that there's a permanent uh-huh. redness to the nose and the cheeks. Yeah. So yeah. it may be that there's something really serious going on with your liver. No way for me to know, really. Uh-huh. Um, it has certainly been suggested that a lot of people may have somehow contracted hepatitis and that it's lying dormant in their liver until their liver gets upset and then it gets activated. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that it's at that level of seriousness, but hold that in mind so that if your yes. body wants to knock on that door, that it's available to it. I tend to think that it's more what's going on right now. And I remember Robin saying to us, you know, ladies, you feel what the earth feels. You feel what all of humanity feels. Yes. And you don't even need to know that that's happening. And you certainly don't need a newspaper or a radio or a television to know it. And I often, I often, you know, with compassion, um, understand that men really need to listen to the news because they don't literally get it. We get it. We might want to listen to the news to confirm what we're getting, but we already get it. We got it. It's been sent to us. It may, yeah. and it may, not, it may not have the faces or the details, but we get it. And what is going on is a lot yeah. of anger. Yeah. And you feel it. I do. And it, and it d- didn't just erupt yesterday or the day before. This kind of anger simmers for quite a while before it really comes out, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It does. Mm -hmm. It does. And so all along, you as a woman in touch with her feelings and in touch with the earth have felt this simmering. And now it's rattling the lid on the pot. And you are very wisely reaching out and choosing soothing things. You said you've been taking marshmallow root tincture. And I know that's soothing and cooling, but marshmallow root infusion might be even more so. It's uh, it's actually the the infusion that I've been uh, drinking for the last uh, two or three days now. Ah. And uh, yeah, it's the infusion. Um, after after listening to uh, one of your teleseminars. Um, we got a hold of it because the thing about the the um the hibiscus family is I connect so so closely with it because I grew up with hibiscus uh, um when I was living in um in my home island that's we were surrounded by them, and I'm not on that same kind of island, but it, that's what i um I am most calmed by, and uh, I've been drinking and then just re- refilling the quart jar to get all of that uh, that stickiness, so I'll just keep drinking. And I've calmed from that, uh, from, those, uh, from those drinks, 
And what you're saying about the liver, um, I work with a Chinese practitioner and have for many years. Uh, when I first was diagnosed with uh, multiple chemical sensitivities, uh, Chulan, the Chinese woman, helped me to uh, um, to to work with things that Western medicine wouldn't uh, w- wouldn't touch for me. So she and I have she had a, she and I have worked with the liver often and um you're bringing this up again is um you know is reaffirming uh there's a lot of anger that uh, has been camped down for a long time in in our in our Hawaiian people so all that's happening right now is stirred up a lot and it makes a lot of sense to me what you say about the star and about the liver and uh yeah I will I will really embrace uh, that direction because that's um, uh, it's just showing up on my face, and you can hide liver pain, but you can't hide a whole face full of red. It's you have to face it. I do have to face it. <laughs> that is right on. I do have to face it, and. Uh, Good way for uh, for me to. Um, uh, I'm just glad that I can do that with you, uh, and um, I will take that to heart, or I will take it to my liver. Yeah. Take it to your liver, exactly. <laughs> oh, take it to my liver. Oh, uh. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh. We we really love you, Susan. Thank you so much for being there. Um, I'm glad cannabis is helping you do what you need to do. It's great. Me too. Hooray. Yay. 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 All right. All right. Thank you very much, Susan. Aloha. Aloha. The next caller is coming from the 949 area code. Hello, Susan. Hi. Hi. Um, So I called you a couple months ago when everything first started happening with the coronavirus because I was having panic attacks, um, and I wasn't sure where they were coming from, whether it was an allergy or from a side effect of hypothyroidism. But I've done some research, and I bought some OSHA tincture, and I bought the motherboard tincture, so I have those. Um, but my doctor, when he did my blood work, he saw that my TSH went up really high. And so I knew that the T3 pills he was giving me, something was off about them, and that's what he suggested was to switch me back to Nature Throid, which was a pig thyroid. And so I've been taking that for a little while. But part of me thinks after reading some of the medical medium stuff that it could be just the Epstein-Barr virus that I really need to get under control in my body. Uh, And I want to know what your thoughts were on how to help get rid of the Epstein-Barr virus. Not fully, because I'm sure my body needs some of it, but to get it under control. And it's extremely prevalent. Yes. You know? At first, we said, yeah. "Oh, you know, well, maybe it causes this, and maybe." And then, the more people we tested, the more people we found with it. 
and a great many people have, you know, Epstein-Barr virus and are having no reactivity to it, and some people have extreme reactivity to it. Yes, and I feel like I'm one of those people that have the reaction to it. Yes, and I think you're right that it does revolve around some things going on with your thyroid. Um, Are you using any seaweed to support your thyroid? Yes, um, I have Irish sea moss that I make a gel out of, and I mix into my drinks, and I drink some bladderwrack as well. So I yeah, bladderwrack is, is really the one. And I remember you saying that I was supposed to have about three grams of serving, but I wasn't sure um, how big of a jar to put it in. There's a couple of like, resources. In my book, okay. New Menopause Years, there's a chapter about thyroid with specific information about using bladder rack. And also, I think about two years ago now, Ryan Drum, Mr. Seaweed, and I did a teleseminar about seaweed and thyroid, and he's very specific in that. And I think it's probably still at Wise Woman Bookshop for sale. Yeah, I, I got that. I listened to that teleseminar, but he didn't say how to make the infusion of it. I just have dried bladderwrack, so I was trying to use the rest of that. And I believe you said to use three grams of it. And at first I was making it like a whole ounce in a quart jar. Uh-huh. So I was thinking like three grams you in know, a pint I, jar. I know, I know a lot of women who do it that way. They put an ounce in a quart jar and it stays good for a significant length of time. And they just sip it. And they let oh, their body tell that's them. the same time. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because it right. probably lasts yeah, a little bit. Right. How long does it last in the refrigerator? Do you know, like a week or so? At least, sometimes longer. Oh, great. Okay. And then I have one more question about my son, um, uh, too. He got bit by a tick last week. And we looked at it. It looks like it was a dog tick when we looked it up because we, we kept the tick in a bag, but um, he had it on him for like over a day from when we visited my friend's house, but it was still flat. Like it didn't really look like it sucked a lot of blood out of him or whatever. And when I pulled it off the back of his head, he just had a teeny, you know, red little mark where you could see it was trying, it was attached, but I'm worried like he could get Lyme or something. So I didn't know what I should do. I only cannot get Lyme from a dog tick. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, cool. All right. So glad to hear that. I gave him some, um, I only had like Usnia and St. John's wort. I gave him a little bit of St. John's wort tincture that night because I wasn't sure what to give him. And I didn't even know if it would help, but I thought it was better than nothing. Um, but that makes me and feel really good. Yeah. Do you have Stephen Booner's book, Herbal Antiviral? No, but it's on my list, actually. So now that you mention that, I'm just going to hurry up and get it on the 5th when I get paid. And And spend some time with it and see what attracts you. You know? Do you you think that would help you with the Epstein-Barr thing? Absolutely. And I don't know, you know, which herb is going to be the one that will help you. But if you, the book is so thorough that if you just dip into it here and there, and let your intuition be your guide, I think you'll find what you need. Well, that's kind of what, why I'm going to do the medical medium protocol. He has, like, this whole protocol laid out, and I figure, what could it hurt? You know, I've been 
in this maze hitting dead ends for the last eight years trying to figure out how to get to the bottom of what, this. By protocol, could you ex- explain that a little? Yeah, he. it's not really a cleanse cleanse, even though he calls them that. It's certain foods that he recommends to eat that help um, basically starve. Like you'd be starving the virus. He says there's certain foods that it likes to eat. Impossible. You cannot do that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. What? What? I have certain foods, though. I would be I absolutely. I have absolutely no respect for what this person is doing. Okay. Because people said that he's got them off of their medication. That's why I was. Uh, a lot of people have said that they really with I received in the mail a bottle labeled, labeled vitamin O and a 300-page book of testimonials of people who swore that when they took vitamin O, they got up out of their wheelchair and walked again, that their sight was restored. I mean, miracle, miracle cures. And what was in vitamin O? It was saline solution. <laughs> So it's just like a placebo. Really. Correct. So if you want to place your faith and your money in this person, um, I'm not saying it won't work because the placebo effect is powerful, but I'm saying there is no physical reason for it to work, and I don't respect it. I see. There is this doctor in uh, North Carolina that says he does care without expectation. And when I visit Tennessee, I was going to drive over there in August. And he, he does, like, body tests. And he says that basically he would give me this immune balance tincture that would balance my immune system because it's heightened on one side. Balance balances the step that immediately precedes death. Oh, gosh. Oh. Let's oh, try it out. Would you please breathe in? Yes. Very good. You're now balanced. That's excellent. Just stay there, okay? Well, excuse me. You didn't stay there. You just exhaled. What's wrong with you? You want to be alive or something? I know. I do. I'm not. Why do you disagree power away to these fancy men? I, I got so desperate a couple months ago when I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Like, I just didn't know what to do. And then when he took me off of the T3 medication, I started feeling better. But it took, like, almost as long as I was on the medication for the side effects that I was having to wear off. I was starting to feel like my mental health was really out of control. And I've never experienced anything like that. So I was very scared for my life that I was going to die or something. And then this other doctor. Really? Who who is it? (laughs) Really, who is it that's always going to be available to you? You and only you. Yeah. You are yeah. giving your power away, and you can never become whole and healthy and holy by giving your power away. And especially not to these These yeah, mumbo-jumbo men, excuse me. I believe you. I really feel that way, too. I just... When I guess with the thyroid, I was scared. I teach this doctor yoga, and he had a conversation with me last Sunday after the class, and he's just like, hey, so how's your thyroid? You know, and I explained it to him, and he just said, 
you know, you need to look up myxedemia or something like that. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, because that's what you're going to die from if you don't switch back to T4. And I just said, wow. I was like, well, I don't think I want to look it up then because I definitely don't need any more bad thoughts in my head about my thyroid. I was like, but I did end up looking it up. And I was like, I don't think I have that. But it did scare me for, you know, to think that this could end up killing me young. You know, I feel like I'm a healthy person. It's just my thyroid. I got to get it under control and it's scary gosh if somebody said if somebody said to you you know you scare me i'm going to get you under control how would you react gosh i would be like why am i scaring you i'm not a scary person what did i do so don't you think that's what your thyroid is saying yeah it's probably feeling over criticized that's for sure You certainly are. And again, that's robbing you of your power, isn't it? Yes. You have decided that your body has betrayed you, and so you're going to slap it upside the head until it behaves. Really? And maybe that's why I like, you know, reading the medical medium book, because he he says that our bodies are not attacking ourselves. He says that's what the doctors believe, because their information is outdated and that medical science is behind when it comes to the thyroid treatment. He says that's why they never offer a cure. They just say like, oh, you have hypothyroidism, and then they dig a little deeper and decide, oh, you have an autoimmune disorder. He says, but really that just labels you as somebody who's got an inflamed thyroid. It's named after this guy that figured out people had inflamed thyroids, and your body is not, and your body is now attacking yourself, so you feel like, you know, now what? <laughs> like you feel like you're at fault for everything, basically. And so well, I don't believe if, that. If you're, That's if you're the great thing but. about being at the great thing about being at fault is that you can change it. Yes. I'm gonna and keep the, drinking this week and I'm just gonna trust that it takes time for my levels to figure themselves out. Because as long as I'm feeling good I mean, I feel good except for my chest. I mean, my chest has been really tight since all this has happened. But I drink more mullein and marshmallow root, you know, infusions. And I've been drinking a lot of oat straw for my nervous system. That's wonderful. Like That's great. Right. Yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking you might want to add either passion flower or hawthorn or motherwort. Okay, cool. I have motherwort tincture, um, but right. do you think passion flower infusions are these infusions or tincture that you're suggesting? I like the passion flower tincture, and okay, it's what cool. I'm getting—it's what I'm getting the strongest smile from for you. Oh, good. That's what I was feeling when you mentioned them. Okay, cool. I'm gonna yeah. look at this because usually I'm just so happy. All this, <laughs> like when you were talking about the world and you know how we feel, and I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm pretty, I'm an empath, and I just feel like I feel the world's pain right now so badly, and it's all in my heart and all in my chest, and it just sucks. And that's why we want the passion flower, right? Yes, yes. Oh, I love you, Susan. Not to close down and tighten up around that pain, but to open up and expand because you have a heart attack when you are closing down. Yes. Yes. And I've been working on that, like, you know, lifting my arms up over my head and 
taking the deepest breaths I can, just trying to keep my chest really open um, in every way I can. Taking a deep breath increases fear. What deep you breath increases Yes, what you want is to breathe out, not in. So, oh, because breath always finds its way in, so just focus on the exhales. Correct, correct. Okay, cool. Right, so how, right, many birthday, okay. how many birthday candles can you blow out? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty? <laughs> right, keep making that exhale longer and longer and longer. There's a person in Woodstock who advertises themselves in this way. You are breathing too much. And I will honestly I will honestly tell you that if I'm upset and somebody says, Now take a deep breath, it makes me so much more upset. Yeah, my breath is so shallow and I was just not used to that because it's teaching right. you know, yoga so you is more focused. You deepen your breath by breathing out, not by breathing in. Awesome. That's what awesome. I need to do is never get that panicky feeling then, huh? Just really focus on the out-breath. Focus on the out-breath. You got it. All right. Thank you so much. It was good talking to you. Have a good night. Green blessings. Green blessings. Thanks. Good night. The next caller is coming from the 907 area code. Hi, Susan. Good evening. Now, I was thinking about you the other day. Uh, one of my game cameras got a picture of a grizzly that was coming down my driveway, and it was a mama grizzly, and you know how powerful they are. This one was massive, and I thought, Susan is like that bear. It's gonna, you know, she's going to plow through anything. Nothing's going to stop her. She gets what she wants. Grizzly mama. Yay, Grizzly Mama. Somebody gave me a, a sheet and it says, how much is six feet? And what I tell people is if you spread your arms out from the ends of your fingers to the ends of your fingers is six feet. But this little um, sheet of paper said, a moose's horns are six feet across. A yoga mat is six feet across. A grizzly bear is six feet from toe to tail, from nose to tail. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sending you grizzly power from the North Country. Thank you. I accept. Great. Um, I have two questions about two plants. Okay. Um, I went to the dentist last week, and it was the first time I was went back. Like, turned out it was five months. The coronavirus came and they shut down and I lost my visit, so it was five months. So the hygienist says, oh, you have a, you know, you have the plaque, blah, blah. And there's a little bleeding in, on two of your teeth. Okay, fine. She cleans my teeth and then she goes, well, next time you come, I'd like to do an x-ray. Um, you, you haven't had one in a while and I see a little shadow. I said, well, can you take it now? And she's like, no, you didn't, you know, you came in for a cleaning. So, I'm like, okay, so can I wait three months with this tooth? She goes, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. So, what, I think that's bizarre. But I'm thinking of yarrow in case there 
I don't see anything in my mouth. I mean, I look at my teeth, and I'm just thinking of starting to use yarrow and just wondering what exactly does will yarrow do for my gums and my teeth. Ah, did this hang up? Uh, yeah, her call looks like it dropped, but she'll be right back. Let's see. Oh, Susan's call? Yes, here my she call. is. Oh, you're there Hi, still. Sorry, my, sorry, my call oh, dropped. Oh, I'm still here. Good, wonderful. Continue. Hello? Hi, continue. How much did you, how much, how much did you get? Start from the top. Okay, so I went to the dentist, and my right, teeth cleaning was dentist, delayed. And the dentist said, you have a little bleeding, and I want to take an x-ray because there's a shadow, but I can't take it now. I can take it the next time you come back in three months. And you said, is that going to be okay? Right. So okay. I'm asking you, if I, if I start taking using yarrow and my gums on my teeth, well, I mean, what will that do for my mouth? Good choice. Excellent choice. Do it. How how exactly would I do that? Do I put just a couple of drops on my toothbrush? That's an excellent way to do it. And then a couple of more drops um, in a little bit of water and rinse your mouth with it. What does it do for my gums and my teeth? Yarrow is quite destructive to both gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria. There are a lot of bacteria in your mouth, some of which keep your mouth healthy, and some of which actually can cause tooth decay and periodontal disease, which attacks the bone. And yarrow gets okay, to work perfect. against those bacteria that are attacking your jawbone and that are attacking the enamel of your teeth. Okay, good choice. Good choice. Go to the head of the class. And my, <laughs> and my second question is, um, Artemisia Talisi, t- t- I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's wormwood. Artemisia ab- absinthum is wormwood. Okay, what's motherwort? The botanical. Mother, motherwort is Leonurus cardiaca. Motherwort is in the okay. mint family. Artemisias are in the Asteraceae family. Okay, um, I finally found some, and I'm curious. Some, um, some Artemisia or some motherwort? It's it's called. This one has the last. It's Artemisia Tilsi or something like that. There are hundreds of different varieties of Artemisia. And some some of them work in similar ways, and some of them work in very dissimilar ways. Artemisia absinthum wormwood contains some very mind altering and poisonous qualities. And the drink absinthe was made from it, and it is said that it's what caused Van Gogh to cut off his ear. Certainly it okay. helped to, to fuel um, some pretty 
amazing plant-based art in Art Nouveau. Absent, <laughs> right, absent from Wormwood is amazing, and Wormwood itself has some very, very powerful uses. Artemisia annua, sweet Annie, herb that told a Chinese scientist, her name is Dr. Yu, 30 years ago that they could change the world together. And Dr. Yu stuck with it, taking one compound after another from Artemisia annua until she finally found the one that kills malaria. Artemisia draconcula, the little dragon, tarragon, tarragon, right, is an Artemisia that's used for seasoning food. It has a really interesting kind of warm and almost licorice taste. Very unusual plant. Artemisia vulgaris, the common Artemisia, especially in city areas, is related to Artemisia chinensis, which is used to make moxa. And moxibustion, the burden of moxa, precedes acupuncture by thousands of years. So it's a core technique. So those are just some of the Artemisias. Artemisia tridentata is known as sagebrush, and it's used, of course, as a smudge. So in most instances, whatever Artemisia you have, it can be burned. It can be used as a smudge. And depending on how aromatic it is, the small plants can, with caution, be put in your salads, not a lot of them. And you can try um, working with it and seeing, you know, how, is, how does it wish to be used? Does it just wish to be burned? Do you want to make a pillow of it? The Artemisias dry very well. They hold their scent very well. And they make amazing dream pillows since we're talking with a sleep specialist tonight. Oh, okay. Okay, I tested this out. I tested this out when I first when I first read about Artemisias giving you strong dreams. I tested it out by making a dream pillow for my mom from Artemisia, sending it to her for her birthday, not telling her what it was or what it did, and just little, just saying, put this in your pillow, you know, off to the side. And as soon as she got it and had done that, she started calling me up and telling me about all these dreams she was having. Mm. Yeah, I love the fragrance. Yeah. This Artemisia, they call it Arctic Artemisia. Wonderful. I don't know. Yeah, so I found some, and I'm, I think I'm going to burn it. All right. Okay, Susan, thank you. You are welcome. Green blessings. Green blessings. All right. The next caller is coming from the 859 area code. Hi, this is Rainbow. Hey, Susan. Hi, Rainbow. Hey. Um, my friend Kathleen is a big fan, and she's been recommending that I call in to you for um, about 100 years. So here I am, 100 years Not later. Not sure that old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, 
I wanted to ask about scorpions. I live in Kentucky, and I live in a tiny house in the woods, and they would come into my house. I've lived here for six years, and they would come into my house starting like four years ago. And last year was the first year they started getting in my bed and stinging me at night to the point where I was afraid to sleep in my bed. I tried herbal things. I tried all the herbal things, all of them. And um, then I tried pesticides. Um, There's one that was recommended by a local Terminator. It doesn't have any scent to it, um, which is a good thing. But it it worked last year. Um, This year, it doesn't work anymore. And um, I I even tried invoking Kali Ma. I brought them into my shrine. I, you know, done the salt scattering, invoking the ancestors. And, you know, they're still here. And I wonder, you know, last year I thought... Are they crawling crawling up into your bed or falling down into your bed? I'm up in a loft, so up into the bed. So you are... You're in their territory. Yeah, I'm in the woods. Yeah, yeah. And up in the loft, they like to be high. So perhaps a mosquito net between you and the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the space between me and the ceiling at points is just mere inches and at most um, two and a half feet. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm envisioning. You're very much in their space and they're Uh, feeling very offended by it. Yeah. I would like to not have them in my house at all. (laughs) You know? I hear um, you. I'm also offended by them making me feel like that, like waking me up at night. And it's such a, it's such a strange feeling. It like, it, it makes me, so you can't go back to sleep when you're stung by one and you can feel your nerves, like the poison going throughout your whole body. It's, it's insane. And then like, I can't freaking find you have, them. Do you have access to, to onions? Say that again. Do you have access to onion? Oh Yeah. If you take an onion raw and cut it in half and apply the cut half to the scorpion sting, it will draw that venom out. Yeah. I usually use plantain is what I've been using. And and it does happen. It helps, but, like, not well enough. So I will try onion. Thank you. Try the onion. Dr. James Duke was the great uh, spokesman for onion, and he said, he would not walk into the Amazon jungle without an onion in his pocket. Wow. Huh. He said, okay. too many venomous things ready to bite, sting, stab you. He said, so long as he had an onion, he felt invulnerable. Hmm. So, again, I hear you that you are making war on Scorpion. And that you've invoked oh, yeah. Kali Ma. And when yeah. you said you had invoked Kali Ma... I was actually a little startled because I thought what you were going to say was I made an altar to Scorpion and told Scorpion how valuable they were and how much I really loved them. Right. That's the medicine, isn't it? Right. Because if somebody says, I want to get rid of you, you're not well disposed toward them. But if someone says, I love you, you're valuable, and I'd like a little distance between us, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I need to, I want to respect you and I want you to respect me. But instead, mm-hmm. you've started a war. As you do. <laughs> As one does. And so yes. how are they going to respond? They're going to respond by going to war with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to share because it was so bizarre, but after invoking Kali Ma, again, I woke up. And again, when you understand you're the aggressor, mm, you have come yeah. into their face. Uh, you, you know, I would like yeah. to see some appreciation for what scorpions do because they are very valuable and some humbleness saying, you know, I I thank you for sharing your space with me. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to really love you and honor you, I need to be in less fear. Let's work this out. Mm-hmm. You keep upping the ante on fear. You're right. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just not a winning tactic. Yeah. Okay. So, I love the scorpion. I'm going to ready. See what you can do about getting some protection between you and your ceiling, even if it's a very small space. Um, perhaps you could reposition your bed. Mostly, they are upset about your face. About my face? About your face. Um, can you and spell so you the word you're your saying? F-A-C-E, your face, but that is an eyes and nose and mouth. Can you say more on that? Get some protection between your ceiling and your face. If you need to move your bed so that your face and head are in the larger part of the space and your feet are in the smaller part of the space, do so. Often when there's that very slanty space, people sleep with their side against the small part. And that's putting your face athwart them. Yeah, the space is set up so that there's really only one way that I can sleep. The the whole space is 96 square feet, so it's very limited um, where things are arranged. I I completely understand. And yet, human beings are quite inventive. Yeah. So... (sighs) See what you can do to call a truce here. Okay. And, and I don't, get I don't like killing them. I hate, I hate to kill anything. I hate doing that. Like, I don't kill things out here. Like, I try to, you know, be at one with the things that are here. Um, I hear you. To do that. I hear you. So apologize. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay? No blame, Mm -hmm. no shame. Let's see if we can work out a peaceful solution here. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I would also, in that situation, I would start learning about scorpions, and I would start learning what they like and what they don't like. 
where I went to camp, there was a big open beam ceiling. And the girls would take their wet bathing suits and throw them up over one of those open beams. And scorpions like to go high, and they like wet, and they like cover. So a wet bathing suit over a beam was just like, move right in, here's your condo. And then, of course, when the girls would pull their bathing suits down, they would pull the bathing suit with the scorpion right down onto their face because they're looking up to do it. Uh-huh. Your example is not quite so extreme, but something like that is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interestingly enough, when I invoked Kali Ma, I woke up the next morning with a dead scorpion smashed to bloody bits underneath my bare bottom. And I was like, holy Hannah, <laughs> Kali Ma works. Um, and then I talked to a friend who's a shaman. She was like, you did what? Tell her to leave. And I did. Um, but the scorpions are still here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's where they live. Of course, they're still there. Okay. Yeah. Um, make, it less, make it less attractive for them. Okay. Um, Can you still hear other? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Um, Could I ask you another thing as well? Uh, Rebecca, can she ask another thing? We have quite a few callers with questions still. Okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let them go ahead. Thank you so much for your time. Green blessings. Good night. You too. All right, the next caller is coming from the 845 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. This is Tatiana. Hi, Tatiana. What's up this week? Uh, First of all, I have to tell you that I feel better since I stopped taking the medication. Good. Yes, that's that's very good. Uh, I also sleep better, which um, I believe that as time passes by will give me more strength. What is concerning me is that I am very weak. I do uh, some very gentle exercises every day because I'm in a lot of pain. And I go to the post office and I do 120 steps up and down with a break of five minutes in between uh, to rest. Uh, And I do it very, very slowly. So there is a huge feeling of weakness and fatigue, which I totally understand because I barely moved after the shingle story that still hurts. It hurts that, that I didn't... I usually love to dance and to move, but after I got the shingles, I felt that I was dying, which I didn't. So now I am asking. I got something in the mail today, and I, as you know me, I don't like medication, supplements, and anything man-made to put in my body except good food. And uh, they talked about, supplements of selenium and sulfur that are totally necessary for energizing the body and invigorating 
and all the things I want, except that I, I would not take the supplement. So my question to you, who knows pretty much everything about nature, is is there a natural way to 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 get to get stronger? I mean, not very strong. I don't want to climb the mountains or to do anything strenuous, but just normally, I can't stand straight on my feet for more than a few minutes. Even going to the post office, I have to stop three times and sit down and breathe. That's my question. Thank you. The earth is the most powerful generator of energy that I know. The earth. And the earth. And so every time I put my bare foot upon the earth, I invoke that energy of the earth. Mm-hmm. Nettle. Stinging nettle infusion is the herb of energy. I take that. I take sting nettle because they gave it to me for uh, allergies in the past, and I felt that it it really helps. So I I am taking that. Um, How not do you a take lot, it? But once a day, twice a day. It is allergies. How do you take it? How do you take the nettle? It's a tincture, so I put it in a little water and I drink it. You will it. not do what I am talking about. Oh. Useless. How I'm shall I about, take it? I'm talking about stinging nettle infusion. You weigh oh. out one ounce of dried stinging nettle, put it in a quart jar, fill the jar to the top with boiling water, let it steep at least four hours or overnight. And then you strain that, leaving the herb behind and refrigerating the liquid. Oh, and what's the difference between the tincture and the infusion in this respect? Okay, well, let's look at it. Let's go out to our nettle patch. And I'm going to harvest four ounces of fresh nettle. And so are you. I'm going to hang my four ounces of fresh nettle up to dry. And as they dry, they will lose water weight and they will dry down to one ounce of nettle. So when I make my infusion, I'm using one ounce of dried nettle, or the equivalent of a quarter pound of fresh nettle. You are going to take your four ounces of nettle, cut it up, put it in a quart jar, and cover it with a tincture medium. So both of our quarts have basically the same stuff in them. I'm drinking my quart within 24 hours. Are you drinking your quart of tincture in 24 hours? Uh, n- no, the tincture Absolutely is just not. a drop of tincture. A quart of tincture is 32-1-ounce bottles. Even if you were consuming an entire bottle every day, it would take you more than a month to get what I'm getting in a single day. And you're not consuming an ounce of tincture. You're consuming it by the dropper full. And there are 40 dropper fulls in a one-ounce bottle. So, in fact, it will take you a year to get from the nettle what I'm getting in one day. So, the Mother Earth that I am taking as a tincture is a very diluted solution compared to Mother Earth uh, wort um, as an infusion, which I don't take. Correct. So, that's okay. That's okay, but with the stinging nettle, I need highly concentrated 
You so want we, the nutrients. You want the minerals, the vitamins, the protein. It's not that it's concentrated. It's that you want it. Uh-huh. And you're not getting it in the tincture. Oh, so so what... So what am I getting? I've never, ever, ever used nettle tincture. Really? Oh really. my God! I ordered that from I've never the. Once made, I've never once made nettle tincture. Oh. The the hmm. I I I bought four ounces from Pharma or this organic thing. And I did ask them about the Hawthorne blend, and they told me the blend is the entire Hawthorne plant, not only the flower. So that was the blend um, which I'm taking. And I thought that the netto tincture will save me the trouble of making infusions. I have to buy the the, the dry nettle from... Uh, Sunflower to make the... Wherever you buy it, I suggest that people buy it by the pound rather than an ounce because an ounce will make you only one quart, which ideally you would consume in one day, but you could consume it in two. One ounce uh, uh, in two days? One ounce in a quart jar, dried nettle, one ounce of dried nettle in a quart jar filled at the top of the boiling water, steeped tightly covered for a minimum of four hours and then strained and the liquid strained off the herb squeeze to get all the good liquid out of that and then refrigerated and drink anywhere from two to four cups a day. Two to four cups? Of the infusion, yes. Well, every day? But I drink also what you gave me, the comfrey... Leaf, the red clover, uh, the hibiscus, and the straw, the oat straw. And so what you want to do is you want to alternate. Make a quart of nettle. If it takes you one or two days to drink it, then make your other herb, your oat straw, Uh right? Then make another herb like hibiscus, then make nettle again. Oh, I see. So it will be one out of the weekly... You should, you know, you should aim to make nettle infusion at least twice a week. Oh, I see. So I have to change that. I like very much the hibiscus. That's the only one that I really have an attraction. Can you explain why or it's unimportant? I'm not sure what you mean by an attraction. Uh, I mean, it feels... Tasty, because I, I love food. <laughs> I love taste, and now I am... The nettle has a magnificent taste, and it's very food-like, and you might want to try a little miso or a little tamari in it. Oh, okay. Oh, I can put that okay. in the, in the in infusion? Of course, you can put anything you want in infusion. You can put Jack Daniels in it if you want. It doesn't. It doesn't change the, the the chemical composure of it or something. No, can't. Oh, uh, all right. Well, I, you know, if I drink it as a tea in the morning, of course I put honey because. Not a tea infusion. Yeah, I understand. If I drink the infusion as a tea in the morning, 
It's not a tea. It's an infusion. I know what you're saying. But, I mean, hot, warm. You told me that I can drink it in the morning with food, whatever herb I am drinking today. Absolutely, at any time of the day, hot or cold. It's great. You can add honey. You can add miso. You can add lemon juice. You can Uh add whatever you want. It's fine. That's very comforting. And I also want to tell you that you gave me a wonderful suggestion uh, last time, and uh, I am following it, and I lost four pounds of eating, uh, not the last bite, but I got the idea. <laughs> I don't eat bread right Good now. Good for you, Titania. I'm going to say green blessings because we have a lot more callers. And I'm Thank you how very many much. In, uh, in our last bit of time. Green blessings. Good night. Good Green blessings. The next caller is coming from the 603 area code. Oh, that's me. Thank you so much, Susan and Rebecca. Okay. Um, Susan, are you there? Can you hear me? I can. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I'd like to start, please, by asking you if you could say more. Um, I missed the very beginning of your call, and I caught the, um, the, um, the end of what you were saying for your pain after what you've been through, you have been taking the CBD ointment, the cannabis. No, I know you don't take an ointment. You rub an ointment on. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. me misspeaking. I've, I've been taking CBD oil yes. as frequently as I need it, which might be every two hours. I've been taking cannabis tincture, and these are all full-spectrum products. Yes, so that's what some, I wanted to ask you. Absolutely. Um, They're all full-spectrum products. I've been taking cannabis tincture as I need for pain relief, and I've been using the ointment uh, for wherever the pain is focused. And yes. due to the multiple things they did to me, the pain, of course, is jumping around. And one day it says, hi, I'm here. And the next night it says, no, no, over here, ha, ha, catch me if you can. Yes, I, have, um, I thought um, you would be able to help me. Um, and give me more details because I have severe uh, pain due to um, my scoliosis, and I've tried so many things. Now, in the past, a couple years ago, I went. I um, I live in a state where you have to um, get a prescription from the doctor and for medical cannabis. It's not you can't just so buy do it. I. So do I. I'm a, I went to a doctor. I got the prescription. I got the card. And then I went to a pharmacist. And the pharmacist and I talked about my pain and talked about the options available. And we tried a couple of different uh, proportions. Yeah. And I found that my, my body responds best to about a 50-50, half CBD and half THC. Okay. So when you went, is it called a dispensary where you live? Uh, no, Where you go with your medical cannabis, you get your medical cannabis card? Card, right. It's, it's called a pharmacy in New York. Okay. Because it's run by, it's run by a pharmacist. Oh, I, I like that idea because in my state, it's, there are no pharmacists there. I tried going there a couple years ago because, of course, my doctor 
um, recommended. And I was just curious because in my state, you have to go through all the paperwork every year plus pay $50 just to get your card, and you have to renew it every year. Aren't we thrilled that we have access? I'm sorry? Aren't we happy that we have access? I'm still happy that we have access, but I'm very limited in and uh, because I'm not able to work to bring more money in. And uh, I under, I'm glad I have the access, but I was looking um, I, I was looking to see if our state is just backwards or whatever because I, I, two years ago I went through the process and actually uh, – became broke by trying all the different things. Every time I went, um, they, you know, um, I just saw a different person. But long story short, I ran out of money, and they were trying to get me to smoke it, smoke it, smoke it, smoke it. Instead, and, um, and I tried it, certainly, and I Certainly one of the very, very best ways to use it. Smoking? Definitely. Okay, but you're not. I you're not doing. I I just couldn't do it. I tried and I kept on getting extreme pain in my throat. I've never smoked in my life, and I had a smoker. Um, and what? What? How were you smoking it? In a pipe? No. Um. What they What they call? Um. I I'm I'm not up with the lingo, you, but I I tried they, like you, a joint. What you call a joint? Just smoking like a little tiny cigarette. Paper is not good for your lungs or your throat. Burning paper. Okay, so you're saying that what is the best a, a way? Gla- to- a, a, a glass pipe or vape it, depending on what your state allows. Glass pipe or vape. Okay. 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 This is very helpful because they want they offered me a vape, uh, and I didn't know what to do with that. Um, and of course, I ran out of money at the time. So for your pain, you are not smoking it. Did I? Because I didn't hear you mention that. I am, and as fat. In fact, I have been a cannabis smoker since I was eighteen. Oh, okay. So you are. As I said, it's a real, it's a real thrill to be a legal card-carrying cannabis user, and I don't even mention smoking it because it's kind of like breathing. Oh. Okay, so does that in the, also... in the hospital in the hospital they came with a little thing to test my lung capacity, and this was you know I was just out of the anesthesia, and I they gave me this thing and I went what am I supposed to do and they said do this and I did it and it like went way up and they said wow that's pretty amazing you've never smoked and I was so kind of drugged up I said oh yeah I smoked every day since I was eighteen. Oh wow. So I am almost 70. I have never smoked. So what I hear you saying is I should start. I mean, that's a good suggestion. It is, there's a reason why most people worldwide smoke it. Okay. And you've been smoking it every day since you were 18. Was that through a, it, was that through a vape, vape, vaping it or through a glass vape pipe? Vape was not available when I was 18. That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I'm so ignorant about this. I, so thank you for educating the me. Vape is, the vape is very new. No, I started like everybody else, you know, with it rolled up in paper. And I noticed okay. that my body was unhappy with the burning paper. And I started using a pipe. And I, you know, gradually over the years have found 
that with a glass pipe, the tars precipitate out onto the glass. And I can take a pipe cleaner and clean that right out of the glass in between each toke. Okay. Can you can you um, be more precise in how I would do this? You say so you you suck it in through the pipe, um, just one suck or one inhale. That's right, just one just one suck, and you hold your breath. Okay. And then you let it go, and then you don't do anything. You know. How long do you hold your breath? When I was in the hospital, when I was in the hospital for two weeks, I couldn't smoke. Yeah. And when I got home. Right, the first time I said, okay, wow, I can smoke again. And I took that first toke, and I felt like somebody took a gold blanket and spread it over me. The peacefulness, the calmness, the pain relief was incredible. And I said, let's see what happens if we take another toke about five minutes later. And that turned my bones to gold, and they began to glow inside me and to eliminate the pain from inside me. Oh, wow been suffering for so many years with this awful pain. I've not had a life and uh, this uh, you have helped me more than anybody at at that dispensary. Thank you so much. How and you can continue to do it. You would Oh, I when you said to hold your to do one inhale, which is a suck, yeah. and then hold right. breath. How long do you need to hold your breath? How long can you hold your breath? So you hold it in as long as you can. You certainly do. Okay, because I'm sure I won't be able to do it for very long. So then Don't worry I, about I, it. I, I practice that so it gets better, and then I let it out. In other words, uh, I just blow it out, blow out, or the, the smoke will it. come out of my mouth then? Yep. The smoke will come out of your mouth, and eventually you'll be able to make smoke rings. Okay, and you said you you repeat it. It's okay to repeat it five minutes later if I have... If I still have pain, I mean, does it work immediately on the right. pain? It really? Does. Yes, it works imme- immediately. Well, this is really good news for me, Susan, because, like I say, I have no life, and I thank you so much for sharing because I've gone to um, their pain management and asked them about cannabis, and all they can prescribe for me is drugs. Oh, no, we don't do that. We don't we know nothing about cannabis. You know what I say to people like that? I say, why don't you haul yourself into the 21st century? Yes. Well, thank you so much. I was so devastated. You are I went some green blessings. Let me get on to the next person, okay? Yes. Thank you so much. God bless you. Green blessings. Green blessings. Good night. All right. The next caller is coming from the 813 area code, and then we just have one more caller after that with a question. Good. Hopefully Hello. I can get him. Hi. Good evening. Okay, Susan, this is Lisa, and uh, I've called about the thyroid cancer. Yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> anyway, um, since you introduced me to Aunt Vi, I was wondering if you could do a little weed walk with me just right now. So okay. I had a dream, and Violet came to my dream, and she said, I can help you. But I had no idea what she looked like. So I moved to Tennessee, and I saw three leaf clovers for the first time in my life. And they're beloved of my beloved Bridget. So I was just looking down and stroking them. And oh, just a sec. Okay. 
I was looking down and stroking them, and I saw a flash of purple in my vision, and I heard the word hello. And I was like, this must be violet. But they don't have flowers. They're the heart-shaped leaves. The young ones are curled up, and they don't, they feel soft, but they don't have a scent. You have indeed found violet. Oh. And you said any in your um, and in uh, healing wise, any of the hundred plus species of violets would be okay to make an infusion with. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, absolutely wonderful. I have one in my hand right here, and I gave my little blessing to it. So I'll go ahead. Uh, is there um the best for the time ones to that, for the ones that you're encountering? I would suggest mm-hmm. that you put them in your salad and that you buy the dried leaf to make your infusion buy the dried leaf to make my infusion. So eat the fresh ones. And, correct. Mm-hmm. Because and you cannot the use a fresh plant to make an infusion. And to make one infusion, you have to harvest four ounces of violet leaf and dry it right. down to one ounce. Okay. That's going to take me forever, okay. even though it's like all over this yard is probably not enough. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go ahead and I'll just, how many leaves can I have in a salad? Just as many as I want. Okay. All right, Susan, thank you so much. Green blessing to you. Green blessing. Okay, our last caller before Michael arrives is from the 203 area code. Hello. Hi. Hey, Susan, this is Nora. Um, I've called in the past. I'm actually calling about the same issue. Um, I have just been experiencing very profuse hair loss, and I don't know if, if, you know, it's just strictly stress-related or if there's a serious imbalance. Um, But I did hear you talk about this on um, a previous podcast, how if someone has been on a depleted diet, they could potentially do kind of irreversible damage (laughs) to their body. And I will say I was a raw vegan for quite a while. um, And I also have a history of hard drug use, although no longer, like I'm, I'm good now, but um, I definitely have abused my body for, many years, but I've been drinking nourishing herbal infusions for about a year now. My diet is on point, and I don't know if this is just a question of I just need to be patient or if it's, um, you know, like a protein synthesis kind of um, issue that's going on. When you're drinking the nourishing herbal infusions, the protein is liberated from those plants, and it's in the liquid that you drink and it goes directly into your bloodstream. You do not have to digest it. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, do you think however, I can... However, I'm wondering if there's enough animal fat in your diet. And so do your best to have animal fat at every meal. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have meat, butter counts, full-fat dairy counts, eggs count fatty fish count. Okay. Okay. Because Great. that those those animal fats are going to increase your body's ability to utilize the protein and minerals that's already in your blood from drinking the infusion. 
Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, that that could be the missing link. Um, okay, yeah, I'm just coming from such a state of depletion. Vegan so. diet. Thank you. On a raw food vegan diet, unless you're eating two avocados a day, you're going to be deficient in fat. Right. Oh, yeah, I was deficient in everything, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay. So I hope that, Great. I hope that you're uh, spreading the word to people that you don't have to hate yourself that being the raw food vegan is real hatred. It is. I warn everyone against it now, definitely. Good for um, you. Make sure, <laughs> make sure that people know because they're going to trust you more because you've been there. Yeah, I really have. Yeah. Hey, and oh, you've thank seen, you so much. You've seen how incredibly depleted it made you and how, yeah. um, how hard and uncaring it makes you. And so welcome back to compassion for yourself and for all life. Ah, thank you. It's good to be back. You are <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Green blessings. Good night. Okay. So it does look like Michael's here. Okay, you're ready. I'm here. Hi, Michael. Michael Bruce hey, is how a are PhD. You I'm not your dear. Uh, Michael Bruce is a PhD, a board certified sleep specialist. He lives in Manhattan Beach, California. And he has written three best selling books Good Night, the Sleep Doctor's Four Week Program to Better Sleep and Better Health. Secondly, the Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep, and then The Power of When, Discovering Your Chronotype. Dr. Bruce is pretty active. He gets himself out and about. He goes on Dr. Oz's show. He's on CNN. He's on The Doctors. He's on CBS this morning in Huffington Post Live. He also contributes to The Huffington Post, to Psychology Today, and to the Dr. Oz blog. And he's the official sleep expert for Princess Cruise Lines. He helped develop their Sleep by Princess program and the Princess Luxury Bed. So welcome to the show, Michael. We're so glad to have you here and to have someone who can talk to us about sleep. And my first question is, what is a chronotype? So it's a great question. Thanks for having me. So a chronotype is your genetically predetermined uh, sleeping schedule. And actually, you may not have heard of the term before, but you've actually heard of it uh, before. If you've ever heard of somebody being called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. All of my life, people have insisted that I should not stay up late and that I should go to sleep early and wake up early. And I always say to them, that's not what my body wants. Sorry. Correct. Even as a child, when I was made to go to bed at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, I would simply lie and wait until all the adults were asleep. And then I would get up and do whatever was interesting to me until 1 or 2 o'clock. My deepest sleep period is usually right around dawn. So that's not an uncommon scenario. Um, I've got a lot of people who are actually, again, early birds, night owls. And once we discover what that is for them, then everything else actually falls in line quite nicely. So as an example, um, who are you spending your time with? 
Who are you intimate with? Who do you have relationships with? If those people are on the same chronotype as you, things work really well. But if they're not, there could be some things going on. Actually, I roomed with the proverbial early bird, and it was perfect because when I was ah. awake, she was asleep. And when I was asleep, she was awake. So we were really good roommates. <laughs> That's awesome if you're a roommate. It may not be as good if you were a married couple. <laughs> if you thought you had to share everything in that way, but if you could allow <laughs> yourself to be that roommate and to, you know, d- d- protect um, your beloved's need for sleep when they want to sleep, it, it can indeed work very well. I've had a great number of lovers through the years, and some have been on my schedule and some haven't, and we've always found <laughs> ways to make sure that we're all, that we're both getting the rest we need at the times when we most need it and to protect and cherish each other in it. So that is great, and uh, working with your chronotype, I think, is really critically, critically important. Sleep has been shown to have a huge number of direct and indirect um, influence on us, including um, a very direct um, a connection to our immune system, a very direct connection to our hormonal production, and through those things to our metabolism and how we use calories and thus how we maintain or lose or gain weight. What can you tell us about that? So it's interesting. Um, In my second book, The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep, we discussed this relationship uh, quite, quite a bit. So here's what is interesting is when you become sleep deprived, and of course, that's going to be different for every individual. Some people will become sleep deprived if they're only getting, let's say, six hours of sleep. Other people might feel sleep deprived if they're getting seven hours of sleep. But in any case, once you become sleep deprived, several biological functions change dramatically. The first thing is, is that you have an elevation in cortisol, which elevates your appetite. So as soon as you're tired, you're hungry. Uh, well, you have an appetite, I should say. There's actually two different things that happen. Um, the second thing that happens um, is your metabolism slows down. Why? Because your brain is wondering, why are you still awake? I better conserve the resources that I have in here. And that's also why the cortisol goes to high heaven, because it's helping you forage for food or look for resources. So as soon as you become sleep deprived, your appetite goes up and your metabolism goes down. Now that in and of itself feels like a recipe for weight gain, but it gets worse. So the more sleep deprived you become, something called leptin, which is the hormone that makes you feel full, uh, starts to lower by about 20%. And then ghrelin, which is the hormone that makes you want to eat or be hungry, that's the difference between appetite and hunger there, is increased by 20%. And then finally, the more sleep deprived you become, the more your brain wants to calm down, right? It doesn't like that cortisol floating around. So it makes you crave high-fat and high-carbohydrate foods because when you eat those, it immediately produces serotonin to help calm your brain down. So when you become sleep-deprived, your appetite goes up, your hunger goes up, your feelings of fullness go down, your metabolism goes down, and you, all you want to do is eat Snickers and donuts. Not a recipe for optimum health. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Is there an easy way out of that? Honestly, there really is. I mean, if I ask people to follow just a few simple, simple rules, here's what I would say. 
is number one, wake up at the same time every single morning, right? So whatever you're doing, make sure that you're waking up at the exact same time every single morning. The reason for this is it helps keep your circadian clock going. Um, so that does include in weekends, folks. I'm sorry to say, but if you wake up at 6.30 during the week, I want you up at 6.30 on the weekend. Step number two, stop caffeine by 2 p.m. Um, most people don't know that caffeine has a half-life of between six and eight hours. So if you stop by two, half of it's out of your system by 10, you should, shouldn't have as much problem getting, getting some rest. Of course, no caffeine is better than having some caffeine on board. Um, step number three, I would say, has to do with alcohol. Um, if you can, I would stop drinking alcohol about three hours before bed, and I wouldn't have more than two glasses. Um, the, the body does very strange things with alcohol. I thought you were going to say, if you can, stop drinking alcohol, period. No. Uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think cannabis is going to be far more healthy for you than alcohol is going to be. Um, and I think there's plenty of data to prove that. But at the same time, I can also respect that sometimes people want a glass of wine, right? So I think that in some cases, if you're, if you're drinking alcohol, um, then I would say you want to stop three hours before bed for sure. And you don't want to have more than two glasses. Um, exercise, the single best way to improve the quality of your sleep is with daily exercise. Don't exercise too close to bed because you can get a little warm, uh, and that can make it difficult to sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, don't drink coffee. Drink water. Get a little sunshine. Um, babe, there's data behind both of those to help uh, with uh, morning alertness and getting a better night's rest. If you follow those five things, I'm, I'm, I think you're good I'm to go. I'm kind of anti-water because it's impossible to hydrate your cells, which, after all, are oil-based with water. And I don't know if you've heard any of the rest of the show, but we make something called nourishing herbal infusions, and especially a nourishing herbal infusion. I'm perfectly metal. comfortable with nourishing herbal infusions in the morning. I think that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes, much better than water. And I like sure. to sunshine. And sometimes I find especially if I'm in a strange place. And it does disturb my sleep if I'm in a strange place. But if I take an amble, I'm not going to go out and run, and I'm not going to walk at my usual kind of dup, 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 dup pace, but I'm going to amble around before I get in bed. And I find that then when I lay down, I have this lovely feeling of energy just trickling and flowing through my whole body, and it puts me to sleep. I can't say I've ever had anybody tell me that before, but if it works for you, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I, I really like what you're saying, which is find out what works for you. Exactly. My sweetheart, my sweetheart is really into black tea. I, I have never liked caffeine in any form at all, and so I've never mm. drunk it. And he really wanted us to drink like this kind of nightcap of Earl Grey tea. But he put... Okay. Well, I keep part of dairy goats, and so he puts honey in it and goat milk, and I find that the soporific effect of the milk more than counters the slight amount of caffeine in it. And, of course, we use organic and fair-traded Earl Grey, and um, it has become a lovely bond between us, something I never thought I would drink or do. Amazing. I love it. I love that nighttime routine. Yeah. And you're right. It's really about just finding what's best for you. And that can be different for all kinds of people. I got some people who fall asleep with the television on. I got some people who use cannabis right before bed. I have, now I have you who exercises. So, again, finding what works for you 
I've, I got no problems with that. I'm so happy to be talking with you and to hear how broad and how loving your view of sleep is. What else is exciting you about sleep these days? You know, we're, I think we're in an interesting time uh, right now in particular because, you know, sleep is, it, it's so important, right? It's so important to our immune function. It's so important to mood. It's so important to so many different things. Um, I will tell you that I'm feeling incredibly purposeful these days. I'm feeling like people are really thinking about their sleep and trying to discover ways to sleep better. Um, and, um, and I'm appreciative of that because for a long time, unfortunately, people really haven't um, been looking at sleep in a positive way. And I think that can be very detrimental. Mm. And I know that um, a great many people are feeling anxious and nervous and afraid and distressed and that all of these feelings um, can push sleep away. Uh, certainly, um, I've just been through a massive major surgery, 17 hours, and then an induced coma of 13 hours. And um, I have found that um, I have developed a new relationship to sleep mm. through, through this major trauma in my life. And I've always thanks to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who really set me straight on it, who said, you put mm -hmm. far too much value on sleep. You need to put more value on rest and relaxation. Yeah, so and when, you, when you think about it that way, a lot of people don't realize, but rest um, can be rejuvenative. So I have some patients where they say to me, Michael, I wake up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't fall back to sleep. How bad is that for me? And my answer is usually if you can lie there and relax, um, you know, about an hour's worth of rest is worth about 20 minutes of sleep. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with lying and resting, right, and relaxing and allowing your body to rejuvenate. That's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing, exactly. That's just what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said. She said, stop counting the hours that you sleep and start really focusing in on when do you let yourself go? When do you give mm -hmm. up? And this should be multiple times throughout the day, not just when you lay down. And, of course, one of the things that's happened to me that has been, you know, problematic is as soon as there's no distraction, as soon as the light is off and I'm laying here alone in bed, um, the pain becomes very prominent. Right. Of and course. And allow myself to open up to that and to relax around it and say, if tonight is a night we don't sleep, that's okay because tonight is a night when we are going to relax deeply. Mm, I like that. I like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? It's, it's about energy can... transfer, really. I mean, you know, when you really think about what is sleep and what is wake, it's just about where is the focus of your energy, right? So if you yes. think about it like that, then resting is just a transitionary state of energy between sleep and wake. And so it would make sense that it would be rejuvenative or at least have properties of rejuvenation to it. Absolutely. So you created a special a sleep princess bed? I did. I did. So um, I was working with Princess Cruise Lines, and um, one of the things that we did for Princess Cruise Lines was we wanted to create a wonderful sleeping experience um, at sea. And we were – 
believe it or not, we were able to do it. Uh, we developed a wonderful product for people. You know, a bed in a stateroom is very different than a bed, let's say, in a bedroom. So we had to come up with a couple of different unique aspects to it. But all in all, it was a great project, um, and it's, in every, it's on every ship um, across all of their fleet. Um, unfortunately, their fleet is not getting much use right now. Um, but, uh, no, it's been, it was a great project. And I've, I've worked in consumer products before. I've worked in the bedding industry with pillows. Um, with uh, insomnia treatments, with supplementation, all these different things. Um, you know, you kind of have to stay up on all of it if you're going to be a sleep specialist and kind of making sure that things are moving in the direction you want them to. One of the things that improved my sleep more than anything else was a small cervical pillow that exactly fits the curve of my neck. Yep. I have some patients and where I, they actually I, take and a And I hold my cervical pillow into the hospital. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have some people who use cervical pillows in their regular bed at night um, because it, you know, it makes more sense for them to do so, um, and they get better support. Well, unfortunately, a lot of pillows are just not that great out there. You know, that's kind of the real problem, or one of the problems, I should say. Um, I think we lost Susan, so let's just see if she's – or I know her call still says she's on here, but let's see. Hi. I'm way out here in the country, and sometimes the calls drop. So even though I couldn't advocate for myself, and they gave me some really awful drugs, um, I had my service pillow. That, that, as I said, um, of all of the things that I cherish, uh, I do not leave them without it. Yeah, they're great, and, and they're extremely helpful for people, too. I'm having a hard time hearing. I think we're not talking about a big bolster. We're talking about the curve of your personal neck. Hello? Hi, can you hear me? Ah, I can hear you now. Okay, good. Sorry, we're way out here in the country, and sometimes the owls interfere. My daughter lives in Costa Rica, and they put that on the monkeys. I'm sure. I am sure. So, we have I can't hear you again. We have already covered an enormous array of things. I'm very impressed by the um, knowledge you have and how you bring this knowledge forth through a very compassionate and loving heart and really make a way for individual people to help find their own way. And it, it, you know, it can only be fit to everyone, to yourself as well, because it allows you to enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely, it does. I'm excited to be doing it for sure. And I think that's one of the secrets to sleep. <laughs> I think you're right. You're right. When, yeah, you're really enjoying what you're doing. When you feel that what you're doing is useful and that other people are benefiting from it. Then, um, and I see this, you know, a princess has come and live with me, and suddenly they're being asked to spend five or six hours outside 
herding the goats. We don't have fences. We herd the goats like nomads do. And from the very first day, the apprentice is flooded with the understanding that she did something intensely useful. And they begin to tell me about how their sleep changes. Can you guys hear me? Because I can't hear anything. Aha. Uh-huh. I can hear you. Rebecca, can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. I'm, but I'm You're not a guy. A little choppy, Susan, actually, but um, is there a place you can go that would be less choppy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna call. Should I call? Should I calling back in? Maybe. I'm gonna call back in. You say I'm gonna call back. Okay. No, you're very clear. So I think okay. it's just Susan's line. No problem. How long is the interview yeah. for? Um, it's just about ten more minutes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. So okay, there Michael, we go. <laughs> Michael, what do you want to what do you want to talk about? Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's been going around these days, but I thought COVID and sleep and sleep and immune function is something that I think a lot of people are really interested in and I think will be for a while. So I thought Tell that us. would be an interesting area to to talk a little bit about. Is that okay? Absolutely. Tell us more. So one of the things that's interesting is it turns out that sleep is one of the biggest factors for improving immune function. Um, now, obviously, this is important during considering the times that we're going through right now. Um, but even more specifically, um, if you remember way back to high school, um, those, there were these things that you learned about in biology class called killer T cells. And killer T cells are white blood cells that help us fight infection, viruses, things like that. And so what's fascinating is killer T cells are produced primarily during stages three, four sleep, uh, which is in the beginning part of the night. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting is uh, both caffeine and alcohol basically chop up your stage three, four sleep, and it changes the quality. Quite frankly, you don't get good quality stage three, four sleep if you're drinking caffeine and alcohol. And this is one of the primary reasons that both of those have a pretty dramatic effect on your immune system by affecting your sleep. Um, The second thing that I thought was really quite fascinating um, was there was a great study done at the University of San Francisco. And what they discovered down there was that, uh, in fact, if they gave people, oh, I'm sorry, if people slept well and then they took a flu shot and then they exposed them to the flu, um, only about 10% of people got the flu. However, if they didn't sleep well the night before, ex- gave them the flu shot, exposed them to the flu, guess what happened? They got 70% of them got the flu. Yes. So it's a yes. really big deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody's got to think about how to sleep well because it has such a tremendous, tremendous effect on our overall immune function. So let me give everybody a couple of hints, tips, things that you can do right now today. It won't cost you a dime, and it'll help you sleep better. 
So step number one um, is basically go on a media diet before bed. You really don't need to know how many people died of COVID um, <laughs> right before you're going to sleep, um, to be fair. It's a stressful thing. It's completely unnecessary, and um, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good anyway. So, you know, when I'm talking with people about lowering stress before bed, there's some very important reasons to do that. One of them has to do with your dreams. A lot of people these days are having some really funky kind of dreams, to be honest with you. Um, and we think that has to do with stress. Not a big surprise there, um, but here's, something, here's a piece of data that I thought was just fascinating, is optimism promotes not only you falling asleep more quickly, but better dreams. So interestingly enough, if you're optimistic before bed, while that could be um, I have a lot of my patients write a gratitude list. If you guys know what gratitude lists are, just to be thankful um, for Neither things that are going on in our I world. Are a guy. We're not guys. Please stop calling us guys. Girls, ladies, people. Girls, um, fine, but not guys. No problem. So at the end of it all, the, the being grateful before bed, being positive before bed, turns out to have a very positive effect not only on your immune function, um, but also on your sleep and your dreams. So finding good things to do before bed is one of the kind of hallmarks of having a great night's sleep. And one of the things I talk about with people all the time is a hot bath. Um, so believe it or not, there's data to show that a hot bath before bed, um, about 90 minutes before bed, raises your core body temperature up. And then when it subsequently falls, you, uh, your body produces melatonin, which helps, which helps you fall asleep. So this is, a, this is a great way to spend a little bit of time before bed um, and um, get your rest. So it, it's amazing some of the, the easy tricks that are out there for people these days to be able to, to get a good night's rest. Fast. And the gratitude journal help your brain make more serotonin, which you, which you feel exactly. happier. Exactly. I love it. And if you, You're telling them the science for me. If you add to that a cup of hot chocolate, you've got a home run. Well, maybe not hot chocolate. <laughs> There's no chocolate. Never mind, but no caffeine. It's the sugar it's that I'd be worried about, not the caffeine. Well, of course, I make my own hot chocolate, so I'm using, you know, very small amount and organic. But it's there you go. True, Sounds you know, even somebody, better. Somebody's shaking one of those packets into you know, some kind of store milk. I would hardly even call that hot chocolate anymore heard of dairy gut. In fact, before I went into this surgery, I said to all of the surgeons, and there were four teams of them, I said, working at a Ford, you're working at a Mercedes. That is a heck of a surgery. And he said to me, you know, you said you could not afford your Mercedes. Wrong. Sorry. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that last thing. He said, you're not a Mercedes, you're a Ferrari. Oh, look at you. That's awesome. And I, I will tell you, part of that is because I have never in my life run alcohol. Maybe a glass of champagne for New Year's. That's my yearly consumption. Got it. I've well, never that's probably... Had, I, never yeah, had I'd say you're right. That's in, probably done you some good for sure. I'm very, very good. So really, you know, as you said, consider it. Really, is that glass of wine and small joy that you get from it, is it really worth what it does over the long term to you? 
Oh, no, of course not. I mean, the physical damage is, I mean, there's plenty of medical data surrounding that. So, you know, the answer is no. It's not. There's no real reason to do it. There's really no reason to do that. And certainly, you know, we all want to treat ourselves well, but we have to sometimes really consider what well really is and what well really means. The other thing that I wonder if you've dealt with is the difficulty that many women in menopause have with sleep. So, um, so that is a super complicated topic. <laughs> um, and to be really fair, it's not something that I've done a lot of studies in. So I'm probably not the guy who's going to know the most about that. I can tell you that we do know that um, during uh, menopause, sleep is highly disrupted uh, for many, many women. Um, a lot of that has to do with hormonal imbalances and, and hormonal changes, of course. Um, but uh, as far as I'm aware, we don't really have a whole lot of great um, answers um, for, for the, the people who are going through that, um, for well, sure, you, uh, at least on, not on the sleep you, side just yet. Let me give you one answer that works for almost all women. Okay. Our way back, way back, way back ancestors lived in Africa. Jurors are going to steal our children at night and eat them. And so one of the ways that we learned to ward that off was to make fire. And if you've ever been around a campfire, you know it has to be fed all night long. And so what I tell menopausal women is, it's your turn to feed the fire. And there's something about this image of staying up all night and feeding the fire to protect the children that really brings that soul satisfaction to the woman going through menopause and helps her cope and understand that you don't have to sleep well every single night in order to sleep well. Sometimes you stay up and feed the phone. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever, again, heard that before. Um, I can say that there's a lot of hormonal dysregulation that occurs during menopause, and I know that it has a pretty big effect on sleep. Um, and I will agree with you that there are certainly times where no matter what's going to happen, people are going to unfortunately have a few sleepless nights. Um, here's the good news. Uh, again, in agreement with you, nobody's going to die from having a couple of sleepless nights here and there. Um, and uh, the good news is, is that it usually uh, passes um, after a period of time. Yes, indeed, you know. It's a very big change, just like puberty. I call it, I call menopause puberty prime. And uh, it's, not, it's not just a change. You know, you can change your clothes. It's pretty easy. And it's, you know, it's not even a transformation because you can cut your hair, dye your hair, get color, transform. It is really a metamorphosis. And we see, you know, the, the change from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And the caterpillar has to melt down into slime and then reform, and when you understand how, uh, how amazing this process is, um, it gives you courage to go through the meltdown. And an entomologist told me, you know, Susan, it's not just that the caterpillar melts down and then becomes a butterfly. It actually melts down and becomes a butterfly. It says, maybe not, and melts down again and becomes a butterfly again and says, 
not quite, and melts down again. And then at night goes through the meltdown, the butterfly, three or four times where it's, ah, 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 I got it. To be compassionate with yourself. And yes, um, we could call it dysregulation. I don't call it dysregulation because your body has a very clear goal. And that is to keep you alive for a long time by stopping to make one of the most dangerous hormones known to human beings. And that's stradiol. Human women make 30 times of estrogen. One of them we make between puberty and menopause. And at menopause, we blissfully turn it off and live the rest of our lives with our other 29 estrogens in great joy and bliss and solid sleeping with great... I lost her again. Hello? Um, I think that's just about the end of the interview here. Susan, are you still on there? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Now I can. All right. Well, I'm so glad we got a little extra time because, again, I'm so enjoying you. Quick, before they cut us off, tell people how to get in touch with you. Sure. If people want to learn more, you're welcome to come on over to www.thesleepdoctor.com, and I'd love to educate you more on how to get better sleep. You are doing such a brilliant job. We are so blessed that you spent your time with us tonight. Thank you so very much. You know, one of my goals is to restore herbal medicine to rightful as people listen, and I feel like I'm restoring sleep to it. So much, Michael. Green Thank you. You guys have a great evening. I'm sorry, you ladies have a great evening. Good work. Go to the head of the class. Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great evening, everybody. Green blessings. Good night. Talk to you next week. Good night. Yes. Good night. <laughs>